Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in everybody to the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We are in the midst of what is a boring Sunday, and that leaves us with very little to talk about from an external situation with your Cleveland Browns. Nothing new to really report on. We don't even have much to put up the OBR.com, where we have just the newswire and then our good friend Stephen Thomas, Things I've Thought, has put up some information there. Always a good Sunday read for you. Hope you're having a great weekend. We have a fun guest and a fun interview, I think, here. You're going to really appreciate her insights. I think she's very smart. She does a great job. That's Cameron Justice. She's at Cami Justice on Twitter. She is the digital content producer for uh, News 5 Cleveland, which is at WEWS. Uh, she does a great job for all three sports. Uh, you know, not just the Browns. She covers Cavs and Indians as well. So wanted to get her on to talk about recent experiences, how she got to her spot in uh, at News 5, her upbringing, kind of some things like that about uh, how she was affiliated with sports and how she really wanted to do this as her job in, in, the, in the niche that she's carving out. She does a great job. This is a fun interview. We talk about some different things. Uh, is Jarvis Landry softball, some of her favorite coverage, and then we do a top five under 25 Browns list, which I think is also great to get her insights. So let's get over to that interview with Cameron and talk about some Browns. Well, Cameron, thanks for joining us tonight. I mean, most of uh, most of our followers listen to this the next day. I posted at midnight, but everybody will get their Monday mornings brightened by by this interview. So we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, of course. We, you know, you you've grown to to have a very prominent voice in in Cleveland sports media coverage. I think you've done a fantastic job, and I'm curious, and I know the listeners would like to hear a little bit of what what's brought you here. I know you're a Northeast Ohio, uh, you know, a youngster by by trade, right? Yeah. So I was, you know, born in Akron, and then grew up between Akron and Cleveland. Um, so you know, Cleveland sports was kind of my whole, <laughs> my whole childhood. It's just mm-hmm. like, that's what I grew up on. I was raised on them. And, uh, I, I had no idea really when I started when I, when I went to the university of Akron and I had no idea that I, like I was going to pursue sports journalism and sports broadcasting. Uh, at first I had to kind of jump through some hoops to get there. And you know, that's how college goes though. Right. <laughs> you never yeah. really know what you want to do. But when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to make a career um, in college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do that didn't feel like work. Um, and that, something that I was passionate about. And mm-hmm. I've always loved sports and I've always loved watching sports, but I've always loved talking about sports and debating about sports and, you know, all that good stuff. So I, th- I thought, you know, could I, could I do something like that? Could, could that be a thing? And, you know, through the University of Akron started doing the radio uh, sports talk station up there, the sports power talk. And, I did the, I was a host of the sports, the ZTV sports report at the University of Akron. And I just, from there, it just kind of, everything felt right. Uh, it felt like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing because it didn't feel like work. Uh, and then, the, yeah, the journey to News 5 Cleveland was a lot of radio, a lot of random media, in, interning at Fox Sports Ohio, things like that. And then I got hired at News 5 Cleveland and 
when I got hired as this digital content producer role, they told me, you know, they asked me what I liked and I told them I really am passionate about covering sports. And that's how I've kind of carved a path into it and, and tried to become, you know, a voice in the Cleveland sports media industry. Cause there's not a lot of women up there, you know, there's, there, there are some good ones, but there's not many. <laughs> and yeah. So- the ratio is not right. That's for sure. You've done a great job and very commendable and, and, uh, you know, if you're not following Cameron, make sure you're doing so. The link to her Twitter bio will, will be in the episode notes here. And she does a great job, not just on, you know, if you're listening to this, you're, you're obviously listening for Brown's coverage, but you do all three, right? Yeah, I do. Because uh, my role is just it's it's digital content producing. I'm just writing stories about a lot of different stuff. So with my focus in sports, I do a lot of uh, tribe and Cavs coverage, but I've really found a lane and focused a lot of my efforts into uh Brown's reporting and that's that's kind of where my passion lies is that's that's the heavy hit that's where I hit hard on the, on the coverage and then so sometimes you know you get you get some tribe stories from me you get some cab stories from me but if you're following me it's probably odds are it's for the Brown's coverage well it's a good time to be focusing on the Browns because that was what I was going to ask you is like if you had a preference of the three and don't feel like you have to appease this audience, but if you had a preference of the three, which would it be? Would it be covering the Browns? Uh, now? Yeah. 100%. And I think, it was, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was Cavs. My, like yeah. when I started, when I started the, and then of course, yeah, then I started in 2015. <laughs> so of <laughs> Not course a bad time. it was, and it makes you sound like a bandwagon reporter, but I really, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it obviously is a little bit more fun and a little, a little bit more, I don't want to say easy, but it's, it's less challenging and less depressing to report on a team when they're doing well, you know, so like you get to write the good stories and it's not just, it's not just about, you know, the, the turnover in the next season and which players they can look at getting to make the team better and get the, get the team to where it needs to be back on track. And so when, when a team is doing well, you can just focus on the team itself and you can focus on other side stories and get more in depth with it. So yeah. that's probably why the Browns are the top right now, but also I love football and I've always, <laughs> always loved football. So I, I think those two have been top tier for some time and they just kind of bounce, bounce a little in between depending on what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I would say that that's something that I, I think people overlook is, you know, you you do this job and there and I'm not going to name names because it, it's not necessary. But there are people that have been covering the Browns for a substantial portion of time who I have an immense amount of respect for and who have been nothing but great to me. And they catch a lot of flack from people in public because they maybe write stories that aren't slanted the way they want them to be slanted or uh, it, it is. It does come from a pessimistic view because if you do your profession, and I know Cameron, you, you've, you've come into the right time with the Browns, but you have a glimpse here of the Cavs. And if you were singularly focused on the Cavs for, you know, say you came in in 2017 and you're singularly focused on them, and now this would be year four of what's been a really big struggle, you could see where the frame of mind you go to day in and day out covering a bad team for, and we all know that the Browns were bad for a substantial amount of time. It's hard to trust it, right? You you just let some of those things creep into your thought process, and maybe you don't outwardly write like this. Brown, this this vision is going to fail, but sometimes you can't help it, right? No, oh, for sure. And that's, I mean, when I started covering the Browns, I wasn't really getting paid for it. It was, you know, through the University of Akron when I was covering sports up there. But 
it was it was right in the right at the start of the 0 and 16 season so mm -hmm. it was it, it is it's really tough when you're in a situation like that to find the positive because in a season like that there's no positive what's the positive mm -hmm. you have to focus you have to try to find things and so yeah when you when you're covering a team for that long with that kind of results i can 100 see how you know you, the, the blinders are kind of up and just like this negative this negative mindset in a sense and not mm -hmm. like not actively trying to be negative, just like that's the first go-to. And, yeah. and I don't think that everyone does that. I think there's a lot of times too, where you, you see a story and if it's, if it's not, the, not the story that you wanted to see uh, a lot of times people get upset about that, but that, I mean, that comes with it. There is good and there is bad um, in, in any season, whether the team is doing playing well or whether they're not there, there is going to be a, a good storyline that comes out of it, whether it's a human interest story that's really good when the team is not great, or maybe the team is playing well and something bad happens with a player or a coach. And you don't want to, you don't, fans don't want to see the bad stuff, but it, it's part of it. You want the coverage, you want to know what's going on with the team. It, it kind of comes with the territory. So I think that is like probably the toughest part of, of trying to balance it out and trying to do that is, is making making sure fans know, you know, like there is going to be some bad stuff that, <laughs> that circulates. There's going to be, or there also is some good stuff. So look out for that too. And I think it's also on the reporter uh, to find, to find the good even when it's bad. So that's what sure. I've kind of tried to do. Um, especially, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't hurt that I also want to find the good stories because, you know, I'm from here. I want, I want it to be, you know, I want, <laughs> I want the good coverage. It's, it's good stuff. It's, I, I want to be able to show Cleveland and people are reading the good stuff that comes out of, out of these Cleveland sports teams too. Cause growing up, that's what I wanted to see. And I just, I think that kind of resonates with people. I hope it does too. Yeah, sure. It's trending and it's trending in the right direction. I just, I think that's a part of the culture change just as a, as a total franchise that people don't always understand is that, especially for people that are there every day. I mean, beat writers who cover the team every day are an extension of the team. You're just there. It's spent, you spend, you spend the copious amounts of time around these, these players and around this organization. And you see, you know, you mentioned 2016 that, that, that what's crazy about that is <laughs> it, it was, it was not like 2016 was after four straight years of the play. It was after four straight, terrible years. Like it just, and then they decided like, Hey, we're going to tear it down even more. So there's, you know, obviously we want to see as much positivity as we can, but I think there's a thing that comes with shifting the focus from a media perspective that we're starting to hit the stride of that. I'll ask you this question, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I didn't prepare you for this one. Is there <laughs> anything you've done particularly, and it could be Indians or Cavs related, like the most fun you've had covering a singular, whether it's a singular story, a singular uh, event, is there one that you'll always remember as one of your favorite pieces? So I, I think that these, these answers always are going to change for me. Like <laughs> when something else happens, that one takes, takes over. Um, but I think, I think definitely the most fun I had was it was, it was pretty recently was the, the miles Garrett story where he surprised a bunch of fourth graders. Yeah. Um, they painted a mural for, uh, of, of the Browns. It had miles on it. It had uh, Baker Mayfield. It had, uh, Kevin Stefanski had, it was just this great big mural made by this fourth grade class. And we wrote the story about the mural itself just because it was a cute story. And I, those are the kinds of stories I like to share out. Um, and his team actually ended up seeing that story 
and decided they needed to meet these kids. And so uh, I got to be a part of that, letting him get in there, meet these fourth graders. They He surprised them. None of them knew it was happening. They had a spirit day. It was Brown's spirit day at the school, but they didn't know he was coming in. And they had a little assembly. He comes in. He surprises the kids. They shriek. They scream. They're so excited to see him. And then they did a cute little Q&A. And it was just so much fun to see just the impact of him walking into a class room of fourth graders just the impact this man has on a bunch of kids who are just so excited and i mean he he signed their mural and signed some stuff for them for their auction to like to help benefit the school he uh he ran through did like the spirit hallway <laughs> with the kids and <laughs> said hi to all the other kids in the school so nobody was left out no one missed out on miss like meeting miles Garrett. it was just a really cool thing and that was so it was so much fun to see that kind of interaction and see how these players really they really mean so much to the Northeast Ohio community and, and, and especially like the kids who look up to them. It was just those, those are the stories that I love doing. And so that was probably the most fun that I've had, but that Jarvis Landry celebrity softball game on Saturday was pretty fun. Yeah. Let's, let's get there. I think, I think it's really cool. Kind of close that one with, I've always just thought it's so cool when these, these people who become these young kids, these guys draft, you know, miles is this 21 year old, just, just, I mean, he's just a child. He's a man child. Obviously he's not, I've, I've been next to him. I'm like, I up close to you, you get close to miles Garrett and you're like, I can't believe we're of the same species. I just it don't really understand sense. it. Doesn't make <laughs> sense at all. But yeah, it's, it's just cool to see. And Baker's really getting there too, ingraining themselves in the community and becoming the people that these little kids look up to. And, and um, that's just the best. It's the best outcome for everybody. And it's pinned at the top of your Twitter feed, that video and, and uh, people, you guys can check that out there. It's worth your time. I think it's only, you know, you can only go two, two minutes and 20 seconds is, is what it takes. And you should go read the story too. make sure you check that link out and, and uh, it's worth it. So let's, let's talk about Jarvis's softball. I mean, listen, you got Browns fans tailgating this thing five hours ahead of a celebrity softball. event. it's like the perfect summer Browns appetizer is what I call it. Just to, just to wet your whistle to get ready. So give me your your overall thoughts on the whole thing and, and what it was all because it looked like it was just a blast. Oh, it was just first of all packed with Browns fans. And I think this this was a perfect event for the summer after a summer of nothing. You're now you're starting to see things open up with the pandemic coming kind of to a close. Hopefully we're keeping our fingers crossed that it stays this way. And you're seeing things kind of return to normal. This was that 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 event that just really nailed it in like this could be a normal summer again and mm -hmm. this could be a normal brown season again and i think this this jarvis landry celebrity softball game was just it was incredible to see all these browns fans together again in their gear at tailgating at eight in the morning because <laughs> <laughs> there's no fan base in the maybe the bills but besides, i don't think there's any fan base in the world that that can party and can put on the way that browns fans do on their tailgates so that was really cool to see get the tailgate action back in. Mm -hmm. It's and then and then you you've got this whole stadium full. They sold out their tickets. This whole stadium full of fans. With probably the my favorite part about this event was that it was a bunch of Browns fans here for it, obviously. And Jarvis, uh, in his invites, kind of really centralized uh, the Cleveland athlete angle. Uh, so there was a lot of Browns players there. And, like, Travis Kelsey, not on the Browns, but from Cleveland Heights. And Darius Garland was there from the Cavs. So it's just, like, 
the majority of the players were Cleveland based, which I loved. And I loved that for the fans. I felt like that maybe got them a little bit more excited about it too. And that connection was there, but oh, it, was, it was, it was cool. And it was really great to see, you know, the, the guys back in town uh, who haven't maybe been here for OTAs like Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Seeing them, getting to see them together and gelling and you know that they're friends and you know you're you're getting those connections and then you got some insight from them what they've been doing down there in austin texas and their workouts with baker mayfield uh i feel like they might have been practicing for this game a little bit i saw baker mayfield <laughs> in the in the batting cages and he's his swing is uh his it's pretty fire he he definitely practices this a little bit <laughs> but it was just, it was just good it was just a really good summer event with all of the Browns players you wanted to see and you maybe haven't seen for a while getting Odell back out there just getting a glimpse of him in Northeast Ohio is always a good thing um and then you know there's the players from other teams and across the league and Bernie Kozar getting out there and throwing out a pitch it's just it's cool stuff like that and the home run derby was fun Baker Mayfield again those just hits dingers all day long <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it, was, it, it is great it is great and it's it's like I don't know if Jarvis intended it to be the way it's turned into to be this like preseason Browns kickoff. It's the week before mandatory mini camp. And I don't know if it ever was intended to be that way. Obviously his intentions are helping out the cause that he's out to help out. And that's what it's all about, but it's just, it's really cool. You're right. It's cool to see all these guys back in the same location and smiling and having fun. And especially Odell who you thought like, man, I, I just remember thinking when he got hurt, I just was really worried about him mentally. Like, could this guy, handle another disappointment in his prime and his knee and like to see him back and smiling and happy and all of them together is gives you a weirdly warm feeling you know it's just kind of strange like that so uh great coverage on on your behalf and and, I, and a ton of people were there doing great things and it's really cool that Jarvis puts that on and I don't know what Jarvis's future is in Cleveland it's not worth me even wasting breath on but I, I just really appreciative of that guy and what he's done in Cleveland in a short time and and um he'll always be remembered I know that much is for certain so we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, just a heck of a dude. Well, we, we, we shifted. What's funny is I talked to Nathan Zagura about this, which, which is like these young guys, Baker, Miles, Nick, are, are becoming older. They're becoming veterans. When you're talking about their second contract, that's football veterans. And that starts creeping you to the mid to late 20s. So like Baker's 26, Nick's 25, Miles is 25. So the fun thing to kind of start weirdly looking at is that 
you know, those guys still feel so young, but they're really not football young anymore is looking at who the top 25 or sorry, top five under 25 is. So not, you can't be age 25, which eliminates Nick and miles and, and a couple others that they, I, I couldn't believe Kareem was 25. I feel like Kareem's been around the league forever. Yeah. So I, I thought saw he that was, he was 25. Older than that. <laughs> I did too. I did team. He obviously came into the Chiefs super young out of, out of, uh, out of college. So we, we, we took, we didn't do any commiserating. I just said, give me your five and I'll give you my five. And we'll just see because it's it's still some really there are still some really good names on here that are of their younger group. So we'll go one by one. Um, we will we will kick it off with I'll give you a couple of my. Do you have any honorable mentions? I don't know if you I wrote do, those down. I do give have them to two. There, there's an asterisk by them. My honorable okay. mentions are Grant Delpit and Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, just because we haven't seen them on the field. Yeah, I I said the same for Greg Newsom. I didn't want to put any rookies. Uh, on the field that haven't, I haven't, I think they're going to be good, obviously, but I haven't seen them yet. Like Harrison Bryant was another one who I thought Harrison had a pretty good tight end based rookie year. Yeah. Uh, he's not on my list. Okay. Let's do it. You go with your number five and I'll tell you mine. All right. My number five is uh, Ronnie Harrison. Nice, nice, nice. Give me, give me your reasoning. Uh, well, last season obviously was just really big for him getting him co- coming to Cleveland that trade, it was really exciting. And then right off the bat, he just embraced Cleveland. And then, so you've got that mentality. You've got him loving the team that he's on. And then he performs on the field. He, I think that he, he makes an impact to that secondary. He's, he's great. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him. He had, so, he had that injury that he was dealing with and that, that was a little bit unfortunate. So I'm hoping for a fully healthy season. And so he can really showcase that impact that he has back there. I'm with you. Another guy who's been around the league for a little bit. And then you're like, okay, this is why drafting young players does matter. It's why the Browns do it. Um, he was my number four. So I'll give you my five and then we'll jump to your four. My number five is Jacob Phillips, who I thought, although limited amount of playing time will only be 22 next year. Uh, well, I guess now this year, we're a couple months away from it. We'll only play, play a second year at 22. Uh, I thought week 17 and into the playoffs gave us a little glimpse of what he could be that week 17 game where he started for BJ Goodson and Mike, he had like nine run stops according to pro football focus, which is, you know, their negative uh, graded uh, any, any kind of play that results in negative uh, impact to the overall function of an offense. He had nine and he was flying over the field. I'm like, if that's the guy they're going to get, he can be pretty good. He's a, he's a little bit forgotten about because of JOK. And I think they can make a nice little duo. So that's my number five. Who's your number four. My number four as David Njoku. <laughs> Good answer. Because, and he, he got a lot of slack there for a, for a minute uh, with the trade requests and all that messiness. And, but I, I really think that one, he's improved with his receptions, his hands mm-hmm. have gotten better. And that was a big concern for a lot of people watching him were the drops. He's actively worked on that. Uh, and, and his blocking has gotten so much better. He's just, he's an overall really good tight end, especially for this system. And I just, I think that sometimes he gets a little undervalued because of all the kind of controversy that surrounded him, but he's young, he's talented and he's improving every year. Uh, and he's, he's dedicated now is what he's saying. So Hopefully we got another season uh, with, with no kind of controversies, no wanting to get out of here, just dedicated nonstop Browns action. Let's go. Let's be better. So he, go, he gets number four because he's got the talent and now we just need him to be consistent all the way through the season. And then he might move up in my list. 
He's he's uh, he's number three for me, ironically, because we're going down my list too. Is is um I'm, I'm with you. My ideal outcome for David is that he sees an expanded role, plays better, they win a ton of games, and he wants to resign. And um, if that means eventually they have to let Austin Hooper go, who I like, I like Austin plenty. If they have to let him go to keep David, because David's only 24. Sky was here when they went 0 16, had a great rookie season, has a great second season, and then two straight years of weirdness. Weird injury happens his third year. And last year, a couple influx of weird injuries, but I, saw, I thought he started, like you said, Cameron, to catch on by the middle end of the year and was like, okay, why are they not getting him the ball a little bit more? So I think they will. I think there's a real chance they get him the football a little bit more. So my five, Jacob Phillips, four, Ronnie Harrison, three, David Njoku. We've only gotten two from you. Your number five was Ronnie Harrison. Uh, your number four is David Njoku. So give us your number three. Number three is Jedrick Wills Jr. Okay. Okay. I, I think th- I feel like I'm missing someone. I, I'm a little nervous about my list. I'm gonna let you go ahead with Jed, though. Okay, so with Jed, with Jed, he is. I mean, he came in rookie, big task ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Big task. You you're starting on the line, and it's important that you do well. And I really think he took that challenge and just lived up to it. He switched sides. It was just. It was just. He's just been so quick to learn everything and you saw a couple missteps here and there and then you saw him correct them and I he, I think that he's just very very talented and that shows with the way that he was able to hold that line and and be a, a big staple of it in his first year I think that's huge and I, I think that's a really big ask especially in that position I that's not an easy position to just pick up or start mm-hmm. at um, mm-hmm. And so for him to have had the season that he did uh, and to really bolster that offensive line in the way that he did protect Baker Mayfield, establish that run, make, make that offensive line really something that we, we talked about all season uh, as one of the Browns biggest assets and, and the, what they focused on during the off season. I think they did a great job at it and the way they bolstered it really comes down to uh, the addition and, uh, and drafting Jedrick Wills. So he, he makes the list because that was impressive. I, I don't think that's easy to do to, to give a season like that in that position at that age. So uh, he, he's up there on my list and we'll see what, what he comes with this season and how much more he's improved. I'm excited about him. That, that right to left switch when you've never played left your entire life and you're in your backyard getting used to it before the season because you don't get any any real OTAs or rookie mini camp or anything leading up to just showing up for training camp and then oh hey hey we're going to go to Baltimore and you're going to have to block some really good people in Baltimore and it's like I this, this question came up with our folks over at the OBR which is like are they are they regretting that pick and I just there's no way in which they're regretting that pick and I know Tristan Wirfs had a great year obviously an all pro level year for Tampa Bay but the challenge for were for for the worst didn't have to deal with is moving moving sides moving everything and he's a he's a right he's I, I think he's a left-handed dominant guy so it definitely is a huge adjustment for him so there should be a jump there should be a year or two jump as he is more comfortable uh, at that position especially getting more comfortable in, in the run blocking phase which is where he had to get better he's my number two so I went Phillips Ronnie Najoku Jed you have gone Ronnie help me out who's your number four again it was number four was David Njoku. That's right. Three is Jed. So who's your two? I'm, I'm worried. No, don't worry. It's going to throw you off because it's not really expected. It's just, it, this is like my, my personal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, my number two is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay, cool. I, he, was, he was right on the fringe for me. Go ahead and give me your reasoning. I love this. I love what he was able to do and provide for the Browns when Odell Beckham Jr. went out. I think that 
obviously sharing sharing that uh, that role um, with Richard Higgins. That's a big task because obviously Richard Higgins that he's that next guy. He's that go-to guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And so to be a rookie and to to now you have to fill the shoes of OBJ, the elite receiver. That's that's a big ask. And it, to do it behind Cleveland's beloved Richard Higgins is another thing. And then doing it next to Jarvis Landry, it's it's a it's a big thing, and the eyes are on you. And he had some really, really explosive plays. Uh that game-winning touchdown in week seven, that's, that was like the moment where I realized this kid is special and he could turn into something really good. I think that, I think that what he provides uh, depth-wise and also just you know, being able to make those explosive plays and be that deep threat uh, for the Browns, I think that he's, he's, he's fun to watch and he's also got miles to go before he's even reached his ceiling and it's just started and it's already this great. <laughs> it's always already this fun. So especially when you, and, and you're looking at the Browns, not just now, but in the future and, and seeing where they go at receiver, uh, those are some questions they're going to have to ask with Jarvis Landry, with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and so I think that kind of gets me more excited about Donovan Peoples-Jones because no matter what happens with you know the receivers, the highly paid receivers that we have right now in Cleveland, I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is there and he is not just a solid backup, but someone that you want to have in your receiver room. I think that he's going to develop into something really, really great for the Browns and provide them a lot of different options when it comes down to those decisions later on down the road. Spot on, spot on analysis in terms of if uh, whatever decisions they make with their big two and, and, and Richard will, will creep into his late twenties here soon. And there's a decision to be made there too. There's no doubt they view what Donovan people's Jones can become as a youngster. Uh, it was some quarterback consistency in his life. We all know the hell he went through in Michigan. <laughs> um, so when they look at the future of that wide receiver room, it's, it's DPJ and then Anthony Schwartz and we'll go from there and we'll figure it out if we need to figure it out. And, who knows when that real figure it out thing will, will come. It might not come for another two years, but it's uh, it's nice to know that they have tiers of these things. And and I'm with you. I, I didn't put DPJ on this list because he's a little less proven than I think some of these guys. He could probably – he has a great argument for number five, uh, but but I, I I trended toward Phillips because I think he has a really big role this year. Uh, but you're good. That was good. Good, good. That was good just today. my personal – yeah, like my bias obviously showed there, him at number two. And people are just going to – you're going to have to be okay with that. <laughs> Listen, if he's their second best player under 25, their their wide receiver room can be really good. So I'm I'm into that. And I think our number one is pretty obvious. He's one of the core four on the entire roster, right? Do we just want to say it at the same time, like on three? Yeah, three, two, one, Denzel Denzel Ward. Ward. Yeah, so yeah, he's 24 still, which is crazy. I mean, he's he's so young and... Um, yeah, I'll I'll let you... What do you you think of him? Where do you think he's going from here? What's, What's your thought process on Denzel? Denzel Ward is just one of those playmakers that you just, you don't, you don't come across them all the time. And for him to be this young, this explosive, uh, and, and honestly, just this impactful for the Browns defense. You saw last season wasn't the Browns defense's brightest season. Um, there were, there were some struggles and that's why you saw the team really focus on that this off season and bolstering that up. But even when the team was struggling a bit, Denzel Ward was not. He's one of those guys, you can trust him to cover anybody. Uh, he's, he's locked down. He's, he's on top of it. And 
you know, no matter who you're playing, no matter, no matter who he's on, you can trust that he's got the coverage. And if he, for some reason, misses it, you know, that it was probably not his fault and more of a great play on whoever uh, it was going to. But with him, I just, he's, he's a staple of that defense. It's, it's him, uh, you know, back and it's miles in the front and for him to be so impactful, so young, is is just so promising to what he has and there's a lot of questions uh or concerns i think a lot of people talk about uh his injuries but i mean to be honest with you that kind of comes with the territory of his position um and i don't think that relatively speaking he's missing that many games um so yeah you would love to see him a little healthier a little bit more consistent um when it comes down to game day and being able to get on the field, that's why you have that depth. Um, that's why that, like, I mean, cornerback is a, has been a position of interest and importance to Andrew Barry and this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with Denzel Ward, you've got that depth. And so I don't think it's that much of a concern, but when he's out there, you don't have to worry about it. it, it there is no, there's no worry <laughs> ever. And I think that is what makes him so special with the Browns. You see fans all day talking along when, when he's out of the game, who's going to fill in, who's taking his spot. But when he's out there, no one questions <laughs> the coverage. No one, <laughs> no one is worried about what might happen. Uh, and that just shows you how much he dominates uh, this and, and impacts and disrupts the defense. It's just, it's incredible to see him. And you know, what happens with him? Uh, you know, they, they signed his, they signed his father, picked up his fifth year option. Um, and so you, you've got that right now, but do they extend him? Do they sign him to an extension? Do they, do they reach that deal? I think personally they should. Um, he's, he's one of those guys that just he impacts the team so much you don't want to lose that. But that's one of those questions that the Browns still have to answer. The contract extensions are up in the air. You've got him. You've got Nick Chubb. You've got Baker Mayfield. And you've got Wyatt Teller all on the, all on the board waiting to see if they're going to get those contracts and Baker Mayfield obviously will, but (laughs) Denzel Ward is one of the ones I think that he should, but there are the questions surrounding whether he does or not, but what he's shown so far and the fact that he's in that conversation of, yeah, he could be a long-term piece for this team shows you just how important he is. Yeah. He's, (laughs) you can't let him go. You just can't. I mean, I know, like you said, he's dealt with some concussions. He's dealt with some soft tissue injuries, that have plagued him here and there, but he hasn't had anything serious, anything ACL, Achilles, broken bones. He has not dealt with any of that stuff. So he's due, he's due for a run of healthy seasons. Like he's just too good an athlete. And as his body keeps maturing, he's 24. He's not to his mid twenties yet. As his body keeps maturing, I think you'll see that you'll get him to have some 16 game seasons as he comes, becomes more and more uh, used to the rigor of, of, of seven. Now it's a 17 game schedule. It's like the same with Joe Hayden. It, it, there are some some seasons where he misses time and that becomes a thing he gets tagged with. And then he goes and has a second part of his career in Pittsburgh where he's healthy all the time. So if you let Denzel go because, well, we're worried about these injuries and he's missing. No, you don't. You keep him around because 13 games of Denzel Ward is better than 17 games of a lot of other guys. So you make it work. And the beautiful part is I've said this. My listeners know it is they don't have to put the burden of their first round corner, Greg. Greg Newsom having to deal with covering number one wide receivers. And that's a huge thing that they can ease him in. And hopefully those two can form a, di- a dynamic duo. And, and um, I don't really have much else to add. Cause I think you hammered it perfectly there. And, and Denzel's a fun part of this future. And I think he'll get a deal before too long. So 
Listen, Cameron, this has been fun. It's been great. You've already arrived, but you're going to keep growing your stardom up there in, in Cleveland, and, and I can't wait to follow it. And we're really, really privileged that you took some time here on a Sunday night to, to talk Browns with us. So thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. And I just like the work you guys do is great. I love being on here. This is really exciting for me, too. And I appreciate all the kind words. You didn't have to go that, that far, but I, I really do appreciate it. I, I do. It's very much meant. Thanks again. Okay, that's a wrap for today's episode. Again, thank you to Cameron for joining us and appreciate all of you guys who listen. Spread the word about this podcast, the OBR Film Breakdown. Make sure you're also checking out our YouTube channel and then also some uh, other exciting OBR podcast news coming out this week. Keep your eyes peeled for that. We're pretty pumped about it. Again, thanks for joining this past week. We had seven episodes for the week. Shoot for seven more next week. You guys are the best. You're listening. You're subscribing. You're downloading. I appreciate you all so, so much. Have a great Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, whenever you're listening to this. I appreciate you. And as usual, until next time, go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.